Yeah, it was better than Star Wars, though, because it had me in it. Of course it did. Is urban homesteading a big thing where you are at? Is urban what? Homesteading. Urban homesteading. I have not heard of that, so no. Okay, so like people don't raise their own chickens or goats or garden or anything like that in Virginia? I mean like in like urban areas, like in city, the city or? Well, like in your suburbs. I mean, I pr- people probably have like gardens out back of their house, but I don't make a hip- habit of Ferris Buellering <laughs> my way through their yards, so I don't know. Okay, but none of your neighbors have chickens. None of your neighbors have ducks. There, there is actually one neighbor uh, that's actually a woman I work with who has moved in two houses down who got, she got a chicken. I forget why she got the chicken. I think the egg was just a byproduct. She has some other reason behind it. And now she, want, now she wants to get another chicken just so that one has a friend because it seems lonely. <laughs> Someone is going, yes. That's how it starts. You can't start thinking your animals are lonely and getting them friends. I agree. So urban homesteading is really big in Idaho and Utah. We take emergency preparedness very seriously. And my brother's like, you know, we're spending a lot of money on eggs. I'm going to go down to the feed store and I'm going to buy a bunch of chicks. And then we'll never have to buy eggs again. And his girlfriend's all like, "Uh, don't get too many because we can only take care of so many chickens. And he's like, don't worry, I won't. And he came back with a dozen chicks. And she's like, that's a lot of chickens. He's like, yeah, but trust me, I know how I am with animals. Some of these are going to (laughs) die. So some are contingency chicks. Yes, he bought a bunch of contingency chicks. Well, turns out that becoming a father has made him much better at taking care of defenseless animals because 11 of those chicks survived to maturation. Whoops. Yeah. So he started calling around like, does anybody want some chickens? And my mom's like, you know, I've always wanted to get some chickens. I will take four chickens, son. And so he brought her four chickens. And so my mom now has four chickens. And I asked my brother, so do you name your chickens? He's like, no, but mom does. And I'm like, well, of course mom does. Mom, what did you name your chickens? And she's like, well, I have two brown ones, a black one, and a white one. And the brown ones are peanut peanut butter the black one is jelly and the white one is daisy wait your chickens are peanut peanut butter and jelly and she was very proud of herself for being able to say yes those were her chickens and then there's daisy who is not part of the song i was gonna say wait a minute you missed a part there (laughs) (laughs) i believe our dear listeners will point that out but i have to right now so yeah, she's got some chickens, and she sings a song every time she wants them to come to the door. And then Daisy just shows up. Chickens are dumb. They're they're herd animals. If three show up, the fourth one's going to follow. I mean, if you told me chickens were dumb, I would say, yeah, that's how I would assume. Their, their brains don't seem to work so well. This is not having been yeah, around uh, chickens, like, ever, besides the occasional trip to, like, the corn maze, and somebody would own them there, and you'd go poke at them with a stick, and... Like, you dumb animal. (laughs) That is not how you're supposed to interact with chickens. Chickens aren't the dumbest animals. They're not the smartest animals. They're they're nice middle-of-the-road animals. Okay, so what is the dumbest animal that you've encountered? Oh, cows. Cows are so stupid. Goats get their heads stuck in fence a lot. That's annoying. trying to think. Sheep are dumb. I've saw sheep, like this big herd of sheep on the road, and we were trying to drive down the road, but we couldn't because it was just wall-to-wall sheep. 
and the sheep would come to the two lanes painted down the middle of the road and they're like oh crap and they'd jump over it and like all of them so there were thousands of sheep going down this road all jumping over the middle line i'm just like yelling at them, it's painted you stupid animals it's slowing you down get out of the road that sounds pretty dumb yeah you're right i don't i i feel like i haven't encountered enough wildlife to know like i've had some dumb dogs dogs are smart like even the dumbest dog is pretty good i don't know the one my family has right now is pretty dumb like they'll go underneath the table and get kind of stuck and instead of knowing the bat <laughs> instead of knowing how to back out it will just sit there until you like move a chair so it can get out like it just forgets <laughs> okay. that i came in this way i can go out the same way so that's he's pretty okay. dumb Fair enough. There was one time we were driving down the road. I don't know if this is dumb or amazing, but we're driving and a deer comes out of the road. And, you know, you can kind of tell, okay, it's going at this angle at this speed. We're going in this way at this speed. We're going to hit that deer. So the guy driving slowed down and the deer turned and kept going straight at us. So the guy sped up and the deer changed directions <laughs> again and kept coming. We're like, what do we do? What do we do? And the deer jumped up and over our moving car and just went on the other side of the road and we're all just sitting there just like are there like some other deers up in the corner like daring him to do it yeah. like jimmy did it jimmy did it yeah. they totally cracked up on some brewskis back in the woods <laughs> i didn't think you'd do it man jimmy's the best jimmy jimmy <laughs> and then they're all hit by cars because they're actually <laughs> all stupid this is just the latest of do-it-yourselfishness that my mom has she's a very self-reliant woman she's always trying to do more things by herself. Evidenced by the fact that one time I went home from college and my room had long since been converted into storage, but I would still, you know, open the door and just kind of, you know, look around and remember where I grew up and where I spent my, my formative years. And I opened it up one time and it just stank to high heaven. I'm like, what is that? And my dad just rolls his eyes, sighs and goes, it's your mom's worms. It really took you going to college hard if she got worms. <laughs> uh, she wanted to make her garden better. And as any gardener will tell you, worms are key to good soil. But she was worried that the worms would get too cold in the Idaho soil. And she wanted to get some really big ones. So she's like, I'm going to bring them into the house. And she had this, this box full of compost in my room, just full of worms. And that's where she kept them over the winter. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but her garden was amazing the next year. So you know what? Good honor. Totally worth it. Worth it. Worth a stanky room. Two of her teenage sons lived in that room for the last 15 years. It was already pretty rank. Uh, yeah. It was the new rank. Yeah, exactly. That, that smell actually probably was more pleasant than whatever you might have created before. So mm, Usual teenage sweat and fart, you know. D yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you think that's better than decaying matter and earthworm i mean there's at least a natural well i guess farts and sweat are natural too <laughs> if you want to get down to it but i i think the smell would be of a more pleasant variety yes i don't know these this is a terrible wine tasting you're going to no matter what <laughs> when you swish it around and stick your nose in there it's not going to be great no matter what i remember Finally seeing my room after I'd left it behind and my mom kind of made it into, for the most part now it's Christmas wrapping storage. 
Like it's the room that she goes up to to wrap all her Christmas presents. So it's just tons of wrapping paper and boxes and such in there. She's really into wrapping if it gets its own room. Sure. We'll go with that. I, she is. I mean, she she wraps everything, so I I could say that, yeah. But she had taken my room when I was a child. I uh, shouldn't say a child. Uh, all the way up through high school and maybe even a little bit of college. Just wall-to-wall pictures that I had drawn. And not like presented in any professional way. I had probably at least a thousand push pins in that wall. <laughs> like if you look at the wall, it just it, it had to be repainted because it was just... It looked like insects had taken over that room and just eaten away at the walls. So she took some of those pictures and she framed a bunch of them. So when you go back... Oh, that's nice. It is. And so you go back and it's just a whole mess of framed old pictures. And I'll sit there, you know, that's where I stay when I go home. So I'm looking at them with my wife and I'm just like, I appreciate what she did, but I just look at them and I'm just like, now it it looks like it royally sucks as opposed to just, (laughs) that's just something some kid drew when he was in ninth grade. It's like, no, no, now it's framed. So you can tell that it especially sucks. So I'll, I'll go back and study my, my. My one drawing pose for about five years. I found one and I liked it. And I stuck with it. Every single <laughs> character I drew is standing the exact same way. Uh, yeah. Nothing makes something a ninth grader drew look more pretentious and bad than framing it. Yes. And that, I'm, there's a couple that I'm just like, yeah, that, that actually shows some promise. And that, that could, I could see that being a character somewhere else. There's one I have framed that I remember coming up with I drew for constantly for like two years straight and i swear somewhere like a year or two ago i saw that character like somebody had drawn it and actually published it and i'm just like okay oh i hate that yeah it's like i i I have some calls to make (laughs) someone has found my comic that i drew and never showed anybody (laughs) and they made it into something (laughs) that's my childhood you bastard (laughs) but it was totally different i'm sure so my friend and i spent our fifth grade year writing a movie and if i ever saw that movie a trailer of that movie i would be i don't know something did it have a title laser boy there you go let's hope it wouldn't disappoint the, okay the whole thing was that laser boy got laser powers from the magic laser sword that he had and he had to hold the sword up in the air and say laser boy here today no what was it it was character ryan we, we named him after the other guy or well he named him after the other guy who was writing it with him writing it with me so Ryan here today, Laser Boy here tomorrow. And then he turned into Laser Boy, which was just Ryan wearing like basically like the laser tag crap, but having a sword and being able to do all these sweet flips and stuff. This was an amazing movie. It ended with us fighting the abominable snowman. Oh, because I was Laser Kid. There was a character named Steve laser, who joined Laser Boy. Laser Boy and Laser, laser Kid. kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the inevitable uh, copycat later on. <laughs> no, we we copy ourselves, so you know it from the get go. Okay. Beat that the the Chinese knockoff. Yes. To the punch. Yes. Okay. So Laser Boy and Ed. Laser Kid, and we would fight Jack, the bad guy, and the Abominable Snowman. They teamed up, and uh, they were causing some trouble. And we had to stop it with our laser powers. We never had laser guns. We just had laser swords. Well, yeah, because guns are for cowards. Like Jack, he had a gun. Right. There you go. See the villain. So that you had yeah. laser swords are noble. I mean, laser laser exactly. swords are lightsabers. Let's just get down yeah, to it. They, 
Yeah. So yes, you yes, were playing yes. Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it was better than Star Wars though because it had me in it. Of course it did. I I wish I had filmed more things as a kid that could now be shown. I, th- there are a couple floating around out there that are definitely some good uh, blackmail material should it ever be needed. Yeah. And I don't know who has a hold of those right now. <laughs> People that I hopefully I never piss off. <laughs> My friend actually found the other... So we wrote that script together in grade school. Later on in high school, I wrote my own script, Idaho Shinny and the Search for the Holy Quail, and I lost that file, but he has it on a hard disk somewhere, and he won't give it to me. He's like, nope. One of these days, you're going to do something, and I'm going to make you act out this scene. So what you're saying is childhood friends... Uh, grow up and get stupid blackmail on each other. <laughs> yep. then it's never actually used and you'll both die completely forgetting about it and no one will ever see it again. That's the perfect ending. Thank you very much for listening. To find more podcasts from our network, head on over to www.digitalstrips.com. You can also find us at twitter.com slash digitalstrips, facebook.com slash digitalstrips, or soundcloud.com slash digitalstrips. Thank you.